and the dean of the program came up to me and said, have you ever thought about teaching and going on for your doctorate? And I kind of looked at him and joked and I said, me? I said, you have heard my presentations, right? I said, I can barely talk in front of people. What makes you think I'd be a good professor? Hello and welcome to another episode of Elevate and Accelerate. I'm your host, Zach Biscomi, and today I have a very special guest joining me, Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi is a distinguished business psychologist. She's an esteemed professor and an accomplished author. She's renowned for her ability to seamlessly integrate academic research with practical application. So with a wealth of real-world experience, she provides her clients and readers with valuable insights into the science of human behavior and helping enable them to improve their performance and achieve their goals. In addition to her consulting services, Dr. Heidi is the co-founder of Leap Forward Publishing, which is a unique publishing company with a social mission. Leap Forward Publishing produces books that educate, inspire, and make a positive impact in undeserved communities, excuse me, underserved communities. A percentage of those proceeds from books, book sales go directed towards nonprofit literacy programs, which serve those communities. Dr. Heidi's... <laughs> Dr. Heidi's commitment to philanthropy and social responsibility underscores her belief in the transformative power of education, both as a tool for personal growth and as a catalyst for positive social change. Dr. Heidi, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Zach. And that was a wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. I'm really happy to be here with everybody today. Yeah, absolutely. And look, um, I had the pleasure of talking with you on multiple occasions. And so I know a lot about what you do and, and kind of where you come from and everything. But if you don't mind just uh, introducing our listeners to who you are and, and how you got into the business of uh, teaching and business psychology and all these different things. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it is really this transformative moment happened about 13 years ago. Well, maybe even a little bit predating that. I was in my MBA program and the dean of the program came up to me and said, have you ever thought about teaching and going on for your doctorate? And I kind of looked at him and joked and I said, me? I said, you have heard my presentations, right? I said, I can barely talk in front of people. What makes you think I'd be a good professor? And so we had a long conversation and he clearly saw something in me that I didn't even believe in myself at that time. And so I agreed that summer to teach my first course. And I figured it would just let me see if I even wanted to go in that direction. And there was a few things that I learned. I learned very quickly that I absolutely love teaching. I loved seeing people have that aha moment and that light bulb go on. I also learned that I don't like teaching finance. So <laughs> there was a lot that I took away from that experience. And so that's really, if it wasn't for him, I probably would not have made that jump. And at the time I was working in healthcare. So this was a really big transition for me. And so I went on, I got my doctorate degree and moved over into higher education. And I made the transition slowly because I, still had self-doubt, was a little bit worrisome if I was going to su succeed in this. 
And so as I made that transition, I just went part-time at my job at the hospital and kind of found myself kind of balancing both sides. And then finally took that leap and went full force right into education. And it took me a little bit to get my footing in terms of where my passion was, what I really enjoy teaching and finding my voice. And I was very fortunate to have mentors along the way that really helped uplift me, helped really push me out of my comfort zone, challenged me to really become more engaging. And I've just really grown over the last 13 years in that area, taken on more consulting work. And I feel that I want to really come out of the classroom and share the knowledge that I have learned with other people and that I have a bigger mission to be able to share that. And just being able to do that, share that voice, have seen many more people kind of have that aha moment and help them solve their problems by not just taking theory in a textbook, but also looking at the practical applications of what's going on in the real world and really tying those together to solve problems. And that's hmm. the catalyst. And that's really why I've wanted to do this. And the other big why behind it is my three-year-old little girl. I want her to see a mom who's not afraid of putting herself out there, who's a strong woman. Um, you know, I'm going to hear no, but I'm going to persevere through that and I'm going to continue to move on. And that's the role model I want to be for her as she grows up as well. I love that. And, you know, we talk a lot offline. Um, and, and so I know a few of these stories that you've shared before. Um, but I think one of the things that I really want to focus on in our conversation today is really something that you embody. Um, and, and it's also something that you teach your clients. It's I'm sure something that you taught in your classroom as well. Uh, but it's this idea of taking the leap, right? You just, you mentioned that a few times, even in this short story that you told us. And like, um, so I would love for you to, to kind of share with our audience, like what it means to, to take that leap. Right. And, and, um, you know, coming from business psychology and, and having taught a lot of that, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of perspective that you can bring, but like you live it too. Uh, you were just telling me right before we recorded, like you took a leap of faith, um, you know, even going to a speaking engagement, which for you, um, you're or to this, to that, uh, to that competition, I should say, um, where for you, it's like, you were telling me a story of how you didn't even get on stage one time. So kind of walk us through this process of what that was for you from, you know, like walking out from not going on stage to then, you know, speaking in front of a, a huge number of people and, and sort of your process just recently. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to share that story. So, you know, it really was many years ago was when I began my teaching career, one of the things that we have to do is we have to present at conferences. And so I was given an opportunity to present and I'll be honest, I was really excited about the opportunity, but I was also very, very nervous about it. I had never done anything like this before. I had no expectations going into it. I wasn't sure what to expect when I kind of went through that door. I arrived at that conference. I walked right up there. I put my hand on that doorknob and I froze. I didn't mm -hmm. go in. I didn't give my speech. And it was really so were, at that you moment. You were at the conference. Yeah, at, at the, the conference. conference. I left them sitting alone <laughs> in that room with no speaker. Yeah. Oh, man. I just disappeared. Yeah. And I've never told this story until recently because I didn't want to put my vulnerability out there. I didn't want to admit that I mm -hmm. wasn't successful at something. But I will tell you, this fear of public speaking 
is not something that's new for me. I mean, I was five years old in a play, had one line, and when it was time to say that line, I said nothing. So this is mm. something that's been with me my whole life. And it was really my doctoral journey, I will tell you, probably was the catalyst that started to change things for me. I also knew inside I wanted to change. So that's step number one, awareness and wanting to change. As long as you have that, anybody can do it. Um, so then it was going through this doctoral program. We were really pushed out of our comfort zones. We had to do a lot of presenting. But one of the things I started to change my mindset about was that I'm not speaking to the audience. I am engaging with a group of peers and we're having a conversation. And the minute I changed my thought process and also recognizing that most public speaking programs really geared you to the techniques of public speaking, but didn't really consider introverts and extroverts, which have very different needs on the stage. And I can tell you as an introvert, being on a stage really inflicts that flight or fight sort of mentality because your back is up against the wall. There's a bunch of people staring at you. That's a very mm. overwhelming feeling for an introvert such as myself. And I've been able to overcome that, but there's definitely times when I have the opportunity, I set my stage up differently. I'll start out in the audience and I'll just start speaking right from there. And they won't even have any idea where that's coming. And all of a sudden everyone's starting to look and I'll just start engaging and having a conversation. And then I'll slowly move up towards the stage. And for me, I've noticed that it, and everyone's going to find what theirs is. But for me, it's always been about the threes and it could either be the first three seconds, the first three words. When I do dog agility, the first three obstacles, and I had to throw that in there. And so it was always about the threes. And if I can get past those threes, everything starts to relax. The room, everything becomes melts away. The fear starts to melt away, but it's pushing through that initial fearing and recognizing that fear is just an emotion. And it usually means you're about to do something really exciting, really different and really challenging. And if we can learn to embrace that fear and move forward and recognize there's only going to be two possible outcomes, right? You're either going to learn or you're going to succeed. And both are extremely positive. And once I started to recognize that and take that in, I was able to move forward and be more successful to the point that just this past weekend, it was a last minute decision. I got on a plane to Miami and I spoke at the Great American Speak Off. And not only did I speak at the Great American Speak Off, we started with 23,000 people and I ended up in the top 30. And to me, those are numbers, those are stats. People love to hear that. People are like, yeah, that was great. You nailed it. <laughs> For me, that's not the stats I judge nailing it by. <laughs> um, what I judge it by is I bought the plane ticket. I got on the plane. I got to my brother's house. I got in the car service the next morning. I showed up at the hotel. I walked inside. I actually registered. I didn't walk away. <laughs> yeah. And then I actually made it in front of a judge in a room with peers and spoke. 
And for me, those are the points of success. Nothing else matters to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was just such an opportunity for me to look and say, you know, if I can go from being that five-year-old little girl who couldn't say one line to accomplishing that, anybody can do it. And it's just learning to harness your fear. Hmm. Yeah. I've, so I heard of like a couple of different things on there, but essentially it's like taking the leap. Like you went from, from hand on the doorknob, not opening the door to speaking in front of a huge audience and then becoming one of the top 30 people that moved on to the final round, essentially like of that stage. And it's like, what a, what a transformation from somebody on the outside looking in, like how you went from, from point A to point B. And, but really what you're saying is like, it starts with awareness. It starts with understanding what that fear is and, and working with yourself to overcome that fear. Um, and then, but like ultimately celebrating your wins from a, from a better perspective, right? Because you've got a perspective of like, it's like that whole perspective. It's like, yeah, we could talk about the fact that there was 23,000 people that were there and then you ended up in the top 30. Or we could talk about the fact that like, you did the thing, you bought the ticket, you, you did it like, and, and like that perspective changes everything because you could also say, oh, I was in the top 30. I wasn't in the top 10. I wasn't in the top five. I wasn't number one. And it's like, it's all a matter of how you frame it for yourself. And like, but like, it all starts with taking the leap, like, and the leap might just be whatever that next step is. Right. And we also have to recognize that everyone's chapter is different. So mm. while somebody might be just starting chapter one, someone might be in their chapter five. So you can't mm. compare yourself to where somebody else is, especially if you put yourself out in a competition like that, because you're going to have people who have been maybe seasoned professionals and been on a stage, you know, a hundred plus times in front of many people, or you might have that person who's never spoken up in a group before. So everybody's in a different chapter, a different place. You don't compare yourself. You watch your own chapter and you see your own story build. I, you talking about that reminds me of a quote from uh, Theodore Roosevelt, um, where he said like, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And that's exactly what it is. Like you lose that moment to celebrate yourself, your accomplishments, the things that you are doing, the minute that you start comparing yourself to somebody else, because there's always somebody out there that's going to be better or further along or better polished or whatever it is. And it's like, if that keeps you from taking the leap of faith, if that takes, keeps you from doing it, you're not going to go from, you know, where you are a fear and, and afraid to step out to, to being on a stage in front of a bunch of people to use that as an example. Right. And that's so cool. So, um, a couple other things on this and you kind of alluded to it too, which I think is an interesting factor, but like talking about taking the leap and like a part of that is, is having confidence in your own abilities, uh, despite what everybody else is saying or what it might look like. And I think a great example of this is the fact that you were a competitive dog agility, I don't trainer, right. With a pug. <laughs> like, so like I'm a pug owner. I have a pug. She, she's a chubby lump on a log, right? Like love her to death. She sleeps 20 hours a day. Like, I mean, and now we're talking about agility competitions and, and using a pug to do that, which is just fascinating. But I can only imagine the naysayers and like the, the jokes and like the fingers. So like, just kind of talk with me a little bit, you know, and, and sort of your journey of doing that, but also how that ties back to how you help your clients and how people out there listening, like, 
you know, it's all a mentality game. It really is just a mentality. It, it game. really is a mentality game. Um, you know, there were so many naysayers, including myself. Um, my <laughs> naysaying had nothing to do with my dog. I knew my dog was awesome. I knew my dog had the capabilities of doing it. That was never an issue for me. The naysaying was my own fears, of, again, stepping on a stage, very different stage, right? But still stepping on a stage, people are staring, you have 30 seconds to complete this course, people, you know, people are whispering, judging, comparing. And on top of it, you're running a pug. So you get the comments of, <laughs> look at her, she's got a pug, it's fat, it's not gonna be able to go through the weed poles, it likes to eat donuts, like, I've heard it all. Or can you get your dog to stop growling at my dog? I'm like, my dog's not growling. It's just breathing. I'm so sorry for <laughs> existence on the planet. They're and very so, you know, I've been, I've been there. I've been through it all. And then when we got on the stage, that's where it all just mattered. It just melted away. First three obstacles. Again, it was always back to that first three. It was just me and crazy hazelnut on the course, enjoying each other. And for us, this was our outlet, our stress outlet. I'm like, this shouldn't create more stress. This is supposed to be fun. And, you know, I had lofty goals for us. And she made nationals um, about five years in a row. She was the num number one pug in the nation. Um, she gave me everything she had when she stepped to that line. And I had to do the same for her. And mm. so we had pre-game rituals. I would put music on so I block people off when we walk the course. I would put music on so because what would happen is you'd see 20 people cluster around three little obstacles and they're all getting nervous because oh my dog might suck into the tunnel or go the wrong way or go i don't want to hear that i'm going to walk the course the way we've trained and know that our skills are there and you know everything that i do takes that same mentality i tune out all the negativity or at least i attempt to and I really focus in on where I'm going, what I'm, what I'm working towards. And I try to get the clients that I work with to kind of think the same way. It really is, everything is really positive. You're either going to learn or you're going to succeed. And in every situation, that's only going to help you to grow and become a better version of yourself, scale your business, improve your ROI. Um, so what your product, new product didn't launch off exactly the way you expect it to? Do you want a one hit wonder and that's it? Or do you want to now take it a step back, take what you learned and revolutionize it and come back even stronger? And so there really is nothing negative. And I think once we can get past that mindset, um, there, there's knowing no limits. It's really boundless. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's such a good thing. Like I, one of the, one of the aspects that I talk about all the time is what I call the story mindset. Right. And it's more than just having a mindset, um, that's shaped around story because I think story is so important, but like, it's the stories that we tell ourselves that can be the most damaging and the most uplifting and powerful. Um, they have to be rooted in truth. Like I can't, I can't say that I'm a billionaire because I'm not a billionaire, but if I focus my attention and, and this story of like, I can be successful at this, there are, here are my strengths. I'm going to play to those. Here are my weaknesses. I'm going to help, you know, strengthen or support those. Um, and now I'm going to tackle this with the best of my ability, despite what everybody else thinks or what everybody else is saying about it. It's like you, you surprise yourself at how capable you really are. 
But a lot of times it's, it's us, it's our own stories. It's our own mindset. That's telling us we're not capable of something. Exactly. Um, and I think one of the things that I like to instill in people is we tend to focus on the past a lot. We think about what happened in the past, what were our experiences like and what got us here. Well, I think that's important because it brought us to where we are today. We spend too much time focused in the past and not enough time looking forward at the future. And mm. so it, it's the same thing that kind of happens within an organization. When something goes wrong, we spend our first set of energy going, why did this go wrong? Who did it? Who can fix it? Whose fault is it? You know, we start pointing and we start looking backwards instead of saying, okay, yes, those are important things to fix. We can regroup and figure all that out later. Right now, the important thing is we're here. We need to get back here. How do we get there? That's where your energy needs to be. And if we're more in a forward thinking motion, if we're thinking about where we're headed, all of our actions will be more intentional towards mm. the future and having a more future mindset versus just dwelling on the past and kind of being held back by that weight. Mm. That's such an important point that I think you just brought up there that I, I've, I've talked about before, um, like in, in a, I'm in a, uh, men's group. Right. And so just finding other ways to be better. And one of the things that we talked about is just intention in our lives. Right. And it's like, it's, it's amazing how, when you have an intention that everything else, all the decisions that you make, the things that you do, staying in, in integrity and aligned with that intention changes the game for you. Like success just seems to fall into your lap. And for a lot of people, it seems that way. It's like, why are you doing so good? How come this has happened? How come you've revolutionized your relationships or your business or your life? And it's like, because when you sit down and have that attention, like intention and attention to that intention, <laughs> um, it, it, it completely changes uh, how you allow other things into your life, whether that's your own thoughts, other people's name, like whatever. And, and, and having a strong intention really does, really does make a huge impact in your business. And, and I'm sure um, like you're talking about too, it, it applies to taking that leap. Like, so for example, if you had no intention of being a better speaker, if you had no intention of, of increasing your ability to have confidence on stage, you wouldn't have done the things that you've done, right? Like you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered or, or, and then, and then in every situation where you were given an opportunity to speak, you'd fumble your way through it because it was never an intention of yours. And, and you would just continue to be like, I'm just not a good public speaker. I can't do it. Right. But, but you set the intention of, of changing that and, and you've, you've completely shifted, I'm sure your own self-confidence and your ability to be able to do it. Oh yes. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Those fears are still there. They don't go <laughs> away. You kind of just get your mantra going. You have your little, I call it my pregame. I put on my music, I block out. And I tell you, one of the things that I love to get going right away is I like the crowd to go. I like to see that the crowd is kind of with me. It feels like we're a group. So even at the competition, I stood outside the door as the group in front of me finished and came through. I was high-fiving everybody that came through and I congratulated them on doing a job well done. As my cohort went in, I high-fived them and I said, come on guys, let's nail it. And I really drove that 
feeling in the room of like, we can do this. And as everybody got up, I was like, I was leading the cheer for every single person that got up there. Because for me, that energy, I'm an introvert. I don't, that energy does not come naturally for me. I just can't get up in a quiet room and be like, ah, oh, we can do this. I have to build that energy. And so I find ways to do that in every atmosphere I am to make myself more comfortable. Cause then I feel like I've already made a connection with these people in the room. And that's what it is for me. I have a connection with somebody. I'm going to have a much easier time communicating with them. Hmm. That's such a, that's such a key point, um, is, is that point of connection. Right. Um, and I think it's even connection with yourself and there's so many other things that, that we could kind of unpack with that. But, um, this idea of taking the leap, um, I think about like, like what are those old school, like trust falls, right. When like, it was like trying to teach people trust, like it's almost like taking a leap is, is, is a pseudo trust fall. Um, but it's putting trust in yourself and like your own ability to be able to push through that uncomfortable area of uncertainty or doubt and, and whatever it might be. And, and how much do we all understand that on the other side of that, we find not only that we were capable of more than we thought, but that like our truest success and potential really lies on the other side of that uncomfortability. <laughs> Absolutely. And when we talk about fear, you know, fear goes across the board. I now I'm just talking about fear of public speaking. And, you know, 99% of people can relate to that. And it actually is the number one fear, even over the fear of death, which I just find absolutely to be shocking. That's a statistic that I just never realized. But the fear goes across the board and is applicable to everything. You know, another area I speak a lot on is women in leadership. It's something I'm very passionate about. I've encountered many barriers within uh, my career as just being a woman. And that alone, anytime you hit a barrier, it can set us back. And mm. we can't allow those. So we can talk about it as fear. We can talk about it as barriers. Anything that stands in our way from forward progression is something that we need to learn. How are we going to work with that? And how are we going to push through that? And how are we going to get to the other side? That's really cool. So, um, in, in your experience and the people that you've working with, um, I think one of the foundational principles to all of this is we can sit here and talk about it. Um, it's kind of like teaching in the classroom, but it's like, once you actually go and do it, where you actually see the work and the benefit and the value, and, and you've lived that I've experienced those things in my life. But, um, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but what are some, what are some steps that, that somebody could take? Let's say that they're, uh, there's a fear of scale, scaling their business. Um, we work a lot with people in, in helping them tell their stories through media and they're afraid to get in front of a camera or to put themselves out there. Um, you know, they're afraid to try a new marketing tactic because what if it doesn't work, right? So what are some steps um, from your perspective that people could take even today to help getting them towards taking that leap? So there's lots of things from both a tangible, do this, do that, do this, and also the mindset standpoint. So from the more tangible steps, I absolutely say, first, make a plan. What is it? that you want to do? What is that first step you want to take? Don't try to fill every bucket at the same time. So if your bucket A is, I would like to become more comfortable on social media, 
stay in that one lane, pick one social media platform to mm. really understand and learn, and then figure out where are you the most comfortable in terms of content. Begin there, begin with just that little piece. If a piece of content doesn't work, don't say, oh, I'm giving up. Don't say nobody liked this. Look at it and say, how can I reframe that piece of content and try it in a different way? Okay, now I got some content, people seem to like it. I'll give a quick example. I love doing myth and facts. And I used to just put them out on one day and give the answer at the same time. And I noticed that people liked them, but the engagement was a little bit low on them, but I was getting a lot of likes and hearts and things like that, but not really any conversation. And I just changed the way I approached that. On Monday, I put it out and I said, check back on Tuesday for the answer. And all of a sudden the engagement went up because people were dropping in the comments myth or fact, what they believed it was. And so now on Tuesday, I was noticing that a lot of those same people, because I was checking who was checking off the likes, were coming back on Tuesday and checking in for the answer. And so I found that really interesting because it wasn't that my post wasn't successful. It just mm. wasn't as engaging as it could be. And it was just one little change that changed the way mm. that that kind of functioned out. And then I also would say the next step for people is once you get comfortable with that, then start putting your own personal voice out there. I like to do a behind the scenes. So once a week, I open it up. I tell a story. Um, sometimes it's a story nobody's ever heard. Sometimes it's just a story that people can relate to, but I tell a story. And, you know, it, it was hard. At first, I just wrote the story and I had a nice image that went with it. Now I'm starting to transition from writing that story to actually videotaping the story and putting it out mm. there. And so, you know, you kind of play, and now I'm going back and forth because we have to face facts. Everyone has a different learning style. So there are gonna be some people depending on platform might want it one way or the other. So I do mix up my methodologies, but I take it small little steps and put it out there. In terms of naysayers, there are going to be people on Facebook who are going to give you the angry face, who are going to say they don't agree with you. You know what? Are they out there doing it? Are they out there taking the chance? Are they the ones out there trying to share knowledge and trying to grow their business? No, they're just sitting at home looking at other people living their lives and they're just using social media as their way to outlet their own frustrations in life. So we, we ignore those, okay? Those we just ignore. Um, we don't engage because then that's just going to put you in a negative mindset. We engage with the people who have positive, positive things to say and we move forward from there. Um, and we start after a while to grow a thick skin. And so with scaling your business, it's hard. It's hard to put yourself out there. There is the fear that people are gonna say, I don't like your product. I don't like you. I don't like the way you presented this. And mm. you know what? Let's reshape that. What mm. didn't they like? So take a look back and just say, you know, hmm, could my website use a little bit of work? Could there be a facelift that I could do? Could I maybe present my product in a more fashionable way? Oh, I have a clothing line. Maybe that is a valuable point. Maybe I should actually have someone wearing the shirt rather than it just being on the screen. 
Um, so we do should, you know, use that feedback, but turn it positively and say, is this something valid? And if it is, we move forward and we use it and we say, thank you. That's wonderful. This will help grow my business. If it's not valid, we push it aside and we move on. Um, so, but like I said, start one little spot and just focus on that. Because if you start spreading yourself too, too far, you're not going to execute correctly in any of the areas. And then you're not going to be able to keep up with it. Hmm. Yeah. So I, like what I'm hearing then is really taking, taking the leap is not so much a leap as it is a, just a, a series of smaller steps that lead you to the, to the other side. It just, it looks like a leap uh, maybe for other people on the outside, but like for you, it's, you know, it's just these series of, consistent steps that are moving you forward. Um, and, and so it's less of a leap and more of a, a process. It's you can a journey. Think of it also for people who use the, these terminologies, think of the leap as your goal and that the stones in between to get to that leap are your action steps. So mm -hmm. here's your goal. What are the actionable steps that you need to take to reach that goal? Don't worry about speed. It's not a race. It's not a marathon. It's, you know, you get there. You just don't want to stop. That's the key. You get there at the pace that you get there. Just don't stop moving forward. Hmm. I love that. Um, <clears throat> well, look, I really value a lot of your insights here. Um, and, and I'll ask everybody, I ask everybody sort of the same question at the end, which is, you know, what's your, what's your one piece of advice that you would give to somebody. But before we jump into that, <clears throat> um, Obviously, this is a podcast, Elevate and Accelerate, about elevating your brand, which helps accelerate your journey to success. And um, and so I know, um, having worked with you, I know you've been working with the agency, which is obviously helpful too. Um, but like what, a couple of things, like one is, how have you seen how building your brand has had an impact on your business? Um, and then the other thing, um, if you would uh, share the story of that photographer um, cause I know you were just even just talking about the fact that you were in a book, which led to some other things. So, um, if you kind of share that with our audience and, and sort of the power of a, of a brand and how it's worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. So when I started out and I said, you know, I'm going to grow my consulting business, I just kind of went with Dr. Heidi. I wanted something playful yet professional. So it felt like a good combination, but I never really thought about it as a brand. I'm like, I'm just a person. I'm not, a, I'm not an object. I'm not, you know, I'm a but then I started to realize, okay, I am a brand and I started to recognize the importance of, you know, growing trust with your followers, keeping consistency with your followers, and then recognizing that, you know, my brand's over here. Nobody knows my brand. Who is Dr. Heidi? Nobody knows that. Um, but people know things like Brian Tracy. Pete Varga, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, Lisa Nichols, who's going to be the guest speaker, which is going to be phenomenal. You start associating yourselves with those individuals and the level of trust that they have just naturally starts to move over and you begin to become associated with that. And I can't speak enough for the idea of building trust and maintaining that trust. Don't do anything to break that trust because once that trust is broken, it, you're not gonna get it back. It'll never be the same. So that's something for me is I always stay true to my own personal 
ethics, um, my own vision, my own mission. There's clients that come to me that I just can't get on board with their product. I will not work with them. It's not fair to me and it breaks down my trust with my other followers. Um, so having that trust is a huge factor for me. Hmm. Yeah. And I've, um, obviously building a personal brand of authority and credibility and all those things is like, like you're talking about really what helps to build trust. Um, and it opens the door to opportunities that, that sometimes you don't even expect. Yeah. Right? And so, so um, I was, so tell me, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you that story. So I was getting ready. I'm co-authoring the book with Brian Tracy, success in any economy. And I needed to get my headshot done and I hadn't had my headshot done in forever. And so I called up my photographer and she was so nice. She squeezed me in and she walks in and she goes, okay, before we even start, she goes, what are you doing now? Because <laughs> it always seemed like I'm doing something, always moving forward, right? And so I explained to her about the opportunity and she was just floored. And she goes, I didn't know you were ready to move out of the classroom so much. I didn't know you were getting into this. She goes, I'm the head of Evolve, which is a photography conference. And she's like, would you like to be our speaker this year? And I looked at her and I was like, uh, me? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about photography. And she goes, no, but she goes, while we have sessions that really focus on photography, she goes, we also have business sessions. We have motivational speakers. So she's like, you would be great for the conference. So right there. And then we made a deal and in January, I'm going to be speaking at that conference. And so that's just the power of a simple conversation with somebody. And I mean, since then I've had many conversations with other people and things have evolved and I have other things lined up already towards the end of this year, uh, end of this year, beginning of next year. And it's just absolutely amazing what one little conversation can do. And so that's another big piece of advice I have for people is don't, if someone approaches you or wants to have just a networking conversation and at first glance, you look at that person, you think, there's nothing we have in common. There's no synergies. There would be no reason for me to waste my time on this. Put that mindset aside, have the conversation. You never mm. know. And where there's the most unlikely synergies, you might find something that you both can collaborate on and work together on a project. Hmm. I think that's one of the, one of the most fundamental principles. Um, and I, and I love that idea. Um, and it's also, I think what makes building a brand so important is that it's a conversation starter, right? We talk about brand being a story and a great, a great brand is a story that others share for you. But it's like this idea that when you walk into a room somewhere and then they're asking you like, Hey, I heard you spoke at this event. Hey, I saw that you wrote this book or I read your book or I did that. And it's like, they come in ready with a conversation and wanting to have that conversation with you, as opposed to you going out there and trying to even drum them up or, or as you're talking with somebody by just mentioning that you're doing this, it's like, it just, it changes the perspective that people have because, because they have no idea who you are and what your brand really is apart from your own personal interactions with them. And most of us just don't like going around talking about ourselves. Like I'm a really good business psychologist and a, like, it's like, it just feels weird. Right. But if you talk about the fact that you're in a book with Brian Tracy, like that's fun to talk about and people love hearing it and they want to know more. Right. And so it's just, it's their cool conversational pieces, if nothing else. Um, cool. So, 
Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for your time on here. Um, like I said, and, and you've shared a lot of helpful information and some tips, but um, just kind of as like a, a leave us with this thought, what would you say is, is one thing um, that, that you would want somebody to take away from this that they could do? What's that actionable item um, in taking the leap? What's that first step? So that first step is, like I said, is really just looking internally and coming to terms. Like I called it that moment when I didn't walk in, I called that hitting rock bottom. And mm. I said to myself, I can either make an effort to change in this area, or I can say, this is not an area I want to put that much energy into. I'm going to do something else, which is okay too. But we need to look at ourselves and really say, if this is something we want, are we willing to put the time, the effort and the work into what it's really going to take to be able to be successful in that area? And that can be anything that we do. And I also would recommend continuous professional development in any area that you're working on, looking at upcoming trends in the marketplace, what's coming down on, in the pipeline. So that way your skill set is always going to be valid and ready to work on. Um, right now, the biggest thing is a little off beat from what we've been talking about. The biggest thing, and it has to be said, is AI. And that's another thing a lot of people fear because there's the fear of the unknown. Another thing to learn, how is it going to alter my job? Is it going to take my job away? Um, it's another tool. And we need to start recognizing it isn't going away. So staying in that moment of fear about it isn't actually going to help us. Um, recognizing it's here and, you know, recognizing that you are worried about it is okay. We need to work through those emotions, but then not standing still at that point, figuring out how do we move forward from there and how do I make myself marketable so that way this doesn't, you know, take over and my fears become reality that I'm actually ready to move forward. Excellent. Well, Dr. Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your wisdom with our audience. It was really great having you on here and I, and I greatly appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much, Zach. I really appreciate it as well. It was a great conversation. Absolutely. And thank all of you for listening. I uh, appreciate you tuning in and, uh, and hearing us. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please like and subscribe. And until next time, keep elevating and accelerating. Cheers. <laughs>